0: What is happening? What's going on? All my soccer fans, all a World Cup fans, welcome into Sports Betting Daily and our 2022 World Cup preview. We're recording this early on a Monday morning, Monday the 21st, so obviously, we are just at the very beginning of this thing. Only a couple games have been played. What we're going to do, go through group by group, and we'll talk about some of the best teams in each group. What I'm not going to do is go team by team, because honestly, if you look at the history of the World Cup, It's pretty chalky, right? The last couple World Cups, there have been very, very few teams who are projected to be the third and fourth team in their group coming out of the group. So we'll talk about some of the best teams in each group. What I think I will also give... Some picks and some predictions. So let's get right into it. Remember, if you want to bet these games vig free, check out BetterEdge.com. B-e-t-t-o-r Edge.com. You can bet these soccer games vig free. It's so much fun with Better Edge's offering. You've got to check it out. If you want to get rid of the minus one ten, start winning more and start losing less. Check out Better Edge. The also the other great thing about Better Edge. We know sports betting is not legal in every state right now. Well, guess what? Sports betting is legal. In a lot of states, almost every state, if you bet with better edge. Sign up, use promo code SBD for a free 20 bucks. You don't even have to deposit anything. You just sign up to Better Edge, put in promo code SBD, they'll give you a free $20, and something tells me you're going to love betting VIG-free. Lots of games coming up for the World Cup. All right, so for those uh, new to, to the World Cup, for those new to soccer, for those who really don't know how this works, there are eight groups. The eight groups are labeled A through H. So Group A, Group B, Group C, and so on. Each group consists of four teams, okay? So there's a total, obviously, of 32 teams in the tournament. And to start off the first couple of days of the uh, World Cup, all of these groups play a round robin against one another. So there's going to be three games each team plays against everyone else in their group. And based on those three games, we have the seedings, the top two teams in each group advance to the round of 16 or the knockout round. And the two teams who finish at the bottom of each group are eliminated from the World Cup. So each group consists of four teams. Now, like I mentioned, historically speaking, it's been pretty chalky, okay? Looking back at the last several World Cups, the top two teams, the top two favorites in every group typically seems to get out. Now, let's just go back and look at the 2018 World Cup. Of the eight groups, the top two favorites advanced in six of the eight groups, And of the two groups where the top two favorites uh, uh, didn't advance, it was just flipped. Okay, so Argentina was supposed to win Group D, Croatia was supposed to win Group E, that flipped. Besides that, seven of the eight groups ended up exactly how they were supposed to end up. Okay, now Group F in 2018, uh, Germany was the favorite, Mexico was the second favorite, Sweden actually ended up winning that group, Mexico got second. And then Group H, Colombia was the favorite, Poland was the second favorite, Colombia won, but Japan got second instead of Poland. So you take that away, everything else went exactly how it was supposed to go in the World Cup. So my point here is, yes, we're going to pick up sets on a game-by-game basis, but if you just go in, rolling the dice on some of these underdogs to win the group, that's historically... Not a great way to approach things. Now, I do have two best bets we're giving out, and both best bets are going to be for group winners. So we'll give those away in just a few minutes, because there are some interesting scenarios in group play in the World Cup. Uh, But some things before we start, some things to pay attention to. When you're handicapping, when you're evaluating these teams, these situations these teams are in, there's some things you want to pay attention to. The first of which, what kind of style does the manager play because a misconception is that all these players come in and they just do their best to play together and the managers kind of fit the pieces like a puzzle that's not how it works for about half of these teams legitimately about 16 of the teams who are entering this tournament they have a coach or a manager who's very specific on the style they like to play some managers very adaptable some are not very adaptable okay Now, that's the first thing you want to look at. When you're talking about the United States, when you're talking about England, when you're talking about France, style matters. And that matters with these matchups a ton. So do your homework to figure out what kind of style managers like to play. I'm sure we're going to mention that a ton when we're breaking down a game-to-game basis, like this week, this weekend. You know, that'll be part of our handicaps. But something to remember, style of managers matters a lot. Also, the health of the players on the roster. That's currently the biggest thing that I think is being either overlooked or... Uh, it's being incorporated too much, right? Like, when you talk about Netherlands and how hurt they are, they got a bunch of injuries, they're not healthy at midfield, Romelu Lukaku, their their, uh, striker just got injured, he's not going to be playing, they're ignoring that. It's like the market is completely saying, well, Netherlands is still good, we're not going to adjust the price, okay? And then you get a team like Senegal who they're missing Sadio Mane, their best player, yet the market's completely overreacting on how bad Senegal's going to be. So you either get overreaction or an underreaction. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of in my opinion accurate reactions to the to the health and injuries of some of these rosters. Another thing you want to pay attention to, what are the familiarity of the players on the roster? Spain has a lot of players who know each other from La Liga. They've got a ton of players who play for Barcelona. These guys know each other. They play together. That matters a ton in soccer. When you get teams like the United States, unfortunately, and all of their players are coming from different, not just different teams, but different parts of the world. You get people playing in the United States, Germany, uh, England, Spain, Italy. There's They're coming from everywhere. So, that's a disadvantage, or one of the small disadvantages you get for, for Team USA. So, there's all those things you want to pay attention to health, familiarity, that all has to be taken into account. Um, the other thing that you should keep, a, keep track of, and this is for my more soccer fans who want to incorporate a, a classic soccer handicapping style to the World Cup a couple things. First of all, almost every team in the World Cup can play defense, not many teams in the World Cup. Can play great offense. Okay, so that's one thing to think of. Defense, nearly every team in the tournament can play defense, and I know you're going to get games where I mean, this morning when we recorded on a Monday morning, England just beat Iran six-two. So I'm not saying that every game is going to be one nothing, but I am saying in general the defenses are much much better than a classic soccer tournament. Okay, so defense is going to be good. Not necessarily the same with offense for every team. And my last note here for what to pay attention to historically. World Cup scoring has been lower, especially the further you get in the tournament. The last two championship games for the World Cup actually ended 0-0, had to go to penalties. Okay, So you may get some high-scoring games early in the tournament in group play, but historically, typically, as we move through the tournament and as we progress through the tournament, there will be fewer goals scored the higher profile the game there is. So that's kind of my things to pay attention to. Let's get to my group picks. And as I give my group picks, I'll kind of talk about uh, each group and break them down. My pick for Group A is going to be uh, the Netherlands. Group A will be the Netherlands for my pick. And I think that this one does come down to uh, Ecuador- and Senegal, both being formidable opponents in, in, in Group A, they just don't, I think, have the teams to overtake the Netherlands. Now, I did mention in my build-up how Netherlands kind of being over-inflated, that's fine. And and we're probably not going to bet them a whole lot in the group play, but I still think they have the talent and the, and the quality to get past both Ecuador and Senegal. Uh, Qatar, we'll start off by talking about them. They're the host. And when this tournament was named to be in Qatar, and they they announced Qatar was going to be the host... Qatar was ranked 119th in the world. Since then, Qatar has really put a lot of resources into their soccer uh, soccer training, soccer camps, and and, uh, their infrastructure. And they're currently the 50th best team, number 50, in the entire world. So they've really gotten better in the last couple of years. But as I said, they're just in a a really tough group here with Ecuador, Senegal, and Netherlands. Ecuador is the second youngest team in the tournament. They're going to be very, very good, very good defensively, very versatile. Expect Ecuador to be able to hold the ball or play defense. They can get up and down the field. They can sit back. They can do a ton. I mentioned they're the second youngest team in the tournament. So maybe some question marks the bigger the games get. But I think Ecuador may surprise some people in this tournament. Uh, Senegal is a really interesting team. Okay, Senegal is going to have one of the best defenses we see in all of the World Cup. They only allowed three goals total in the AFCON, which is the African Cup of Nations, uh, tournament before this. Again, three total goals allowed in the entire tournament. Uh, Khalid Ukuribaly, Chelsea's defender, and Chelsea's goalie, Edward Mende, both on Senegal. Um, so they know each other well, right? That's part of why Chelsea has such a great defense, because those two players, and it does translate to international play. But I mentioned Sadio Mane, their striker, the best player right now for Bayern Munich, probably the single reason why Liverpool's not playing very good this year, Sadio Mane. Okay? He was supposed to be the backbone for Senegal. He's got the vast majority of their international goals last couple of years. He's going to be out with an injury. That obviously hurts Senegal. That obviously helps other teams like Ecuador and obviously Netherlands. So my pick for Group A, Netherlands minus 190 in Group A. Let's get on to Group B. Obviously, this is going to be the one all of you are paying attention to. The United States is in Group B. Before we get to any other team, let's talk about the USA because they're a very, very interesting squad. For the first time in a long time, the USA has got a real team that can compete on an international level. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win these games going away, but the United States is currently 16th in the world. Okay, they're the number 16 team in the world. Now, they're not France. They're not uh, Brazil by any means, and they're currently a heavy underdog to finish behind England. In their group play. But uh, I mentioned the, the the players on this team. I mean, they're coming from very, very good, good, good uh, club situations, right? Christian Pulisic, who we all know to be the striker at Chelsea. He's had a he's had a good year so far. He hasn't got a lot of playing time. I would argue that was because their managers, Thomas Tuchel and uh, Bre- uh, uh, Graham Potter. You know, just not giving him the the, the the opportunities that I felt like he deserved. But you got Brendan Aronson, who plays for Leeds United. He's had a very good season so far. I think uh, Jesus Ferreira, who does play for FC Dallas, is going to be kind of a surprise because he does play MLS, and a lot of people tend to write those MLS players off. Not a, not a good idea this tournament. He's going to be very good and should have some goals. In uh, midfield, you've got Eunice Musa, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney. Tyler Adams has had a very good season for Leeds United. Again, that's the second Leeds player we've mentioned. Uh, Weston McKinney, who plays for Juventus, good season as well so far. He's played every game in them for them the last uh, month and a half. And then uh, Eunice Musa, who I mentioned, the other midfielder, playing for Valencia. So, I mean, it's, you start to talk about where these guys are coming from. These are elite teams. These United States players are playing for. Uh, on the defense, uh, Sergio Dents, uh, Milan's defender, Walker Zimmerman for, uh, of course, uh, Nashville SC, and then what's going to probably be the backbone of the the defensive line for the United States? You've got Tim Ring and Anthony, uh, Tim Ream, excuse me, and Anthony Robinson. Okay, Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson both play for Fulham. They're both on Fulham's back line. They know each other well. They consistently play together. And that's what I mentioned earlier. When you've got players who play together, know each other well, that's going to be a huge advantage. And although I use the United States as an example where a lot of players on this team do come from different areas, the defense, Tim Ream, Anthony Robinson, know each other so well. That's going to be the strong point for this USA team, especially this USA defense. So... You know, that's kind of the expected starting nine. There's a bunch of other exciting players on that roster, though, if you talk about the United States. So uh, I'm not going to go too much into detail with the other players, but the United States, take it, take it, you know, take my word for it. They're going to be a lot better than they have been in the past in the World Cup. So uh, let's start off in Group B, well, after the USA, obviously, talking about England and uh, the favorites here. England is a, a heavy, heavy, heavy favorite. I mean, minus 350, minus 400 to win the group. And, you know, they probably should be. They're loaded right now. So many stars. I do have my questions about their manager, Gareth Southgate. He's a very defensive minded manager. And honestly, I think the criticism he receives for ignoring a lot of the talent, a lot of the attacking talent that England has and substituting some of that talent for a strong defensive team. Is kind of their downfall. That's why they lost one nothing to Italy in the in the internationals and you know leading up to the or in the friendlies leading up to this. And defense should be you know at least one of the first things people mention when they mention the uh, concern for England. But I, I, I did say they're loaded. There's, this is a very good team we're talking about. You know they won six two this morning. You know that whole idea of. The offense may struggle this tournament. I'm not so sure that's the case. And they did play Iran this morning, but still, that's the whole thing with England. Can they get around the defensive tactics for defensive-minded manager Gareth Southgate? I think the answer is probably yes. And obviously, they're favorites to win this uh, group for good reason. Now, I'm not going to put my money on England. I think they're too expensive, especially after a win this morning. So I'm not going to bet on them. If I had to pick, I think they win the group, but they're expensive right now. So what I would recommend is either taking the United States or Wales to win the group. They're either plus 500 or plus 600, 5 to 1 or 6 to 1. I think that's better spent money than England. England may slip up right now. I think they win the group, just a little too expensive for my taste. Uh, Wales, Wales is a very good team in Group B. You know, they've got a lot of, uh, they've actually got a ton of Premier League talent. Okay, Gareth Bale, obviously the, the star for Wales. He currently plays in the MLS. But I look at their last couple international games; they haven't won in months. I mean, they lost one nothing to Poland, two one to Belgium, three two to Netherlands. Uh, they they drew Belgium one one before that, lost to Netherlands two one. I mean, I know that's a tough schedule, but they haven't won in quite a long time. So, uh, the United States, Wales, I think they're both formidable at the uh, as the uh, second and third teams in the uh, in the in the group. But look, we, we talk about this all the time. We don't bet number or we don't bet teams. We bet numbers. And I just think that if you look at England right now, they're probably going to win the group. As I said, are they worth paying such a hefty price? Probably not. So I'll take USA or Wales in that group, but that's not a pick. That's just sort of like what I would do if I were forcing a bet. All right, uh, let's get on to group C, no best bets yet on the, uh, on my end, but group C has got, uh, Argentina. It's also got Mexico, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. Argentina, obviously the favorites in this group, minus 250 to win it. And uh, it's a little too expensive for my blood, but we'll get there in a second. Argentina hasn't won a World Cup since 1987. As a matter of fact, I, let me correct myself. They haven't won a tournament since 1987 until 2021, and they won the Copa America. Uh, so Argentina is always a team who is very, very loaded. But in the recent history, they've underperformed. I think that that is behind us. Argentina, currently the hottest international team going into the World Cup. They haven't lost in 35 games. Okay, Argentina, again, has a 35-match unbeaten run coming into the World Cup. They are loaded around Messi, but honestly, you could argue, and I would argue, That helps Argentina. They can now spread things out, get more of their players involved. It's not so focused on one man on the attack, much like the next team I'm going to be talking about in Poland. Okay, so Poland, they run everything through Robert Lewandowski. Lewandowski obviously plays for Bayern Munich, and he's been the single striker that Poland's leaned on now for for, it seems like a decade plus. Very good, very good finisher. But kind of like, I relate Poland and England a lot in international play, right? England which has been sort of their downfall, or at least their, their, the the optics have been they've focused so much on defense and run everything through Harry Kane, it's not as potent as it could be. It's very similar to Poland. Poland focuses a lot on defense and runs their counterattack through one man, Lewandowski. So, you know, that's going to be easy to break down this year since he's kind of—he's li- lost a little bit, okay? And obviously that's why Bayern went and got Sadio Mane for, for club play, But Lewandowski should still lead the team in goals and that is still the kind of style they want to play. I just don't think it's going to be as potent as it has been in the past. Uh, Mexico is the third favorite in this group at plus 450. And, you know, Mexico really hasn't done much in these tournaments at all. As a matter of fact, the last seven international tournaments they've played, they've failed to make it to the group of 16 in all seven tournaments. So at one time, a feared international Mexico squad now kind of struggles in, in these situations. And I think it's because their are midfield, even though they're experienced, I think they're going to struggle in midfield. They're not going to be able to stop the counterattacks or hold possession when they need to. And on top of all of that, uh, Mexico's manager, Tata Martina, is hated in Mexico right now. This could be his final straw. And Mexico is just a really interesting team. So what I would do right now is I would reluctantly take Argentina, uh, probably minus 250. Um, But if I had to make a second bet, I'd say Poland at 4-1 is a decent second choice. I just think Argentina playing so well right now. I mentioned minus 250 is a little too expensive for me to make it a uh, best bet. But overall, I would lean that way if I have to force it. Uh, Let's get on to Group D. Group D is real interesting here. And I think we actually may have a best bet, do we? Let's check here. Oh, best bet. Nope, no best bet. We almost went Denmark, but nobody knows what Denmark is. Uh, but we ended up going to France. I, this is, again, not a best bet. Strong lean, though, towards France here. Um, let's start off with France. Obviously, they won the World Cup last time, 2018 World Cup champs. But great place to start for, the, for France is with the uh, interesting fact that since 2002, that's a lot of World Cups. Since 2002, the reigning World Cup champ hasn't made it out of group play. <laughs> Think about that. The, the reigning champion hasn't made it out of group play since 2002. Okay? And what that means is like the following tournament. So that's where France would fall in here. Okay, So France, if they get out of group play, they're going to be the first team in 20 years to do so. Last time out, it was Germany. Remember, Germany won the World Cup in 20 what what was that 2014 uh, and then they missed group play in 2018 so it's interesting to start off there with France do they make it out of group play if so they will break a very interesting trend but france is france we know how good france can be and how loaded they are but look they have a lot of injuries heading in heading into this world cup i mean you look at defense midfield up front they're hurt everywhere and i just actually found out yesterday that uh, kareem benzema one of the best strikers in the entire world who plays for real madrid he's going to be gone. And that's so important because we all know about Kylian Mbappe, one of the best strikers in the world. We all know about him, but when he's up front for France with Benzema, I mean, this is probably the best attacking team in the whole tournament. Now you take Benzema out, a lot of the uh, other injuries adding up for France. And I just have my question marks. Can France be that same elite team that we're all used to seeing? I am staying away from France right now. You give the the stat I gave that no repeat or no uh, previous champ has gotten out of the group since 2002. You know, France may fall into this. The reason why I think France at least does get out of the group is because the other three teams are Denmark, Tunisia, and Australia. So it should be Denmark and France. But I do have my question marks with how good they can be because they are pretty banged up. I did mention Denmark, and I want to talk about them because Denmark, let's not overlook them. Uh, Denmark is a, a very good team. Okay, Casper Hjulmand, the manager of Denmark, and... Uh, the sort of leader of this, this Denmark soccer revolution. Let's not forget, just two years ago in the League of Nations, uh, Denmark went to the semifinals. So they know what they're doing. Casper uh, uh, Human's a very good manager. This team knows each other well. The defense, very, very, very familiar with each other. And you talk about a versatile defense. They can transition probably the best from heavy, heavy sitting back defense to counterattacking on offense than any any team in the World Cup. Uh, Denmark's got great defenders. Their, uh, uh, left back, Joe Kim Anderson, one of the best players in the Premier League, Crystal Palace, uh, one of the best passers in the Premier League. So, um, he's going to be a player to watch for Denmark. And I think that just in terms of what they do in total, you know, they're going to be able to surprise some people, score some goals. And if things go right, they may win group, uh, what group would that be? Group D. So, uh... I'm not going to make it a bet, but I like Denmark in that group, at least to advance and get to the round of 16. All right, let's move on to Group E. Group E comes down to Spain, Germany, Japan, and Costa Rica. So in all likeliness, it's going to be Spain or Spain and Germany getting out of this group. Spain currently minus 115 to win the group. Germany currently plus 115. So, uh, you know, very close there. Japan, Costa Rica, not expected to do much. I think it ends up that way, certainly. And like I said, this comes down to those two teams. Let's start off talking about Germany because Germany won the World Cup eight years ago, but looked absolutely horrible last time out. So you know, it's kind of a question mark. I think we see a very, very good, very focused Germany team here. So I do have my, 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 uh, I think Germany is going to be good, but I also have reservations about Germany. Now they're a team that's huge on possession. They want to hold the ball. They want their players to, to dribble, not pass a ton, but I think they have to be aware and they have to be very defensive and counter quickly if they're going to do what they want to against the likes of uh, Spain in group play. I do, like I mentioned, though, have my question marks about Germany's attack. Okay, Kai Havertz, who plays for Chelsea, I don't think he's as elite as everyone th- as everyone believes he is, right? Or as the media thinks he is. And uh, Thomas Müller up front. And kind of similar to, to Lewandowski, Thomas Mueller's fallen off a little bit. He's not the same elite player with the same speed he used to have. Now, I do believe uh, Jamal uh, Musiala should get a lot of the goals, probably lead uh, Germany in goals. I mean, he's been doing so well for Bayern this year. He's got eight goals and four assists in 12 games. So Musiala should get a lot of uh, attention and a lot of run this tournament from uh, the media. Let's get over to Spain. Spain's, Spain's best player is their midfielder, Pedri. He's 19 years old, plays for Barcelona, but he's surrounded by a few other Barcelona players that are really, really good. So that's where I talk about familiarity, eliteness, knowing each other, it all kind of comes together with Spain. Spain's going to be maybe the team to beat, I think, this tournament. Um, Like I mentioned, they know each other very well. Luis Enrique took over in 2019, and as manager, has completely changed the attitudes of Spain. I thought it was very interesting that he left out Sergio Ramos and Thiago out of this World Cup uh, uh, roster. So clearly they're loaded. Clearly that they know what they want. Like, like I believe Spain is, is one of the teams who's focused, knows exactly what they want, going to be all on the same page. You don't get that with the World Cup with these international teams who some of them don't even know each other that well. So uh, I would take Spain probably minus 115 to win the group. I'm not running to bet it right now, but I think they're a better team. And if you look at Germany, I expect them to bounce back, but I do have my question marks with Germany up front. All right, let's get on to Group F. Group F consists of Belgium, Croatia, Morocco, and Canada, and this is going to be a bet I'm giving out. I'm giving out Croatia at plus 200 to win the group. We are not taking the favorite in Belgium here. Now, here's the thing with Belgium. I like Belgium. I think they're a very good team, but I just think minus 190, a little too expensive in this situation. Belgium is getting towards the end of that golden age, right? A lot of these players who were supposed to lead Belgium to all these great things, and honestly, they kind of fell flat for their expectations. They're all getting older. You add on top of that, Romelu Lukaku, their striker, is going to be out due to injury. Uh, so everything falls back on the, on the attacking side to Eden Hazard. I mean, probably, and I don't like that at all. He's got one goal in his last 16 international games. I know they've got Yuri Tielemans and obviously Kevin De Bruyne are still elite of the midfield, but there are holes on this Belgium squad. And I think what's happening is the idea of who Belgium was for such a long time is being priced into the pre tournament odds. So, Belgium right now, I think, is too expensive at minus 190. And remember, the style of this tournament is all these teams play each other only once in the group. So, If Croatia happens to show up against Belgium, they force a draw that game. Anything can happen in this group because I think both Croatia and Belgium beat Morocco and Canada. So, uh, you know, let's talk about Croatia because that's my pick here. Plus 200 to win group F Croatia is a really good team and they actually have most of the team that went to the world cup final, the actual championship in 2018. They're back. So they bring back a ton of that squad. They bring back their manager, And Croatia is a team that doesn't get enough love, in my opinion. You look at their midfield. They are loaded at midfield. They've got uh, Luka Modric from Real Madrid. They've got Mateo Kovacic from Chelsea. They've got uh, Marcelo Brozovic from Inter Milan. This is a very, very good midfield. And that's what you look for, in, in, in my opinion, in the World Cup. If you want to be solid and shut down some of the other best teams, you've got to be very good in the midfield. That's where Croatia probably uh, is their best. But they're very solid defensively. One of the best teams in the air. Very tall. Lots of size. Going to be tough to score on them. And their new defensive-minded manager just brings everything together. So Croatia is a good team at plus 200. I think that's a, a value bet to win Group F. All right, let's get on to Group G. And Group G consists of Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia, and... And Cameroon. Cameroon. Uh, no pick in this group. I think Brazil gets out. Minus 350, though. little too expensive for my taste. But uh, let's start out talking about Brazil. They are low-did. Currently, they're the uh, favorite in this tournament. And when you start breaking this team down, you see why. I mean, they've got... Just everywhere, it's sort of like Man City in the Premier League, to where it's like when half their roster is injured, they've got still the best Premier League team any given week. It's it's hysterical. So it's kind of the same thing here with Brazil up front. I mean, we're talking Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Martinelli, Vinicius Junior, Richarlison, (laughs) Neymar. (laughs) It's like what, you know? So I mean, it's it's silly how much talent they have over the field. They're loaded at midfield, loaded on defense, but. You know, I mean, you talk about if if you do have to pick a weakness for Brazil, maybe you could say the fullbacks could be their weakness. But this group is loaded, very good team. Expect them to make it out and make a run in this tournament. Uh, other than Brazil and their uh, and their uh, group, Switzerland and Serbia may make some noise. I mean, I'm not so sure. Uh, Serbia hasn't made it out of the group ever. Now, I will say this. Serbia's won 13 of their last uh, 20 international matches, and they've got a really interesting uh, style. They like to move quickly with a lot of short passes. So we'll see how that does in this group. Uh, A lot of you Premier League fans know about Alexander Mitrovic, the great striker for Fulham. Uh, He's in great form heading into the tournament. And there are notable names. I mean, you've got uh, Juton Vlapic from Juventus. Obviously, uh, uh, Sergei. Malikovic, savage from Lazio. Boy, some of these names. Uh, but either way, you know we know that Serbia's got good players. I just don't know if they can put it all together to get out of the group. It's going to be Brazil and either Serbia and Switzerland. Now Switzerland is one of those teams who really good historically, but they don't win many big games. Uh, as a matter of fact, they haven't won one. Excuse me, in the round of sixteen since 1954. Uh, now, uh, Manuel Kanji just moved to Man City. He's a very quick center back, very good. He should, you know, kind of anchor that defense. And then uh, we all know about Fabian Cher for Newcastle, his partner at center back. So that should be the strength of that team. And also, uh, Granit Xhaka for Arsenal, playing very, very well heading into the tournament. So obviously, Switzerland playing well right now. They've gotten a little bit more mature in the last couple of years. My question is, will it break through? I think if you're looking for a bet here in Group G, maybe look to take Switzerland to advance to the to the uh, Group of 16. As I said, it's either going to be Switzerland or Serbia, so I think you get a pretty good price there, but uh, staying away, no best bets in Group G. Let's move on to Group uh, H. Is this our final group? It is. Final group of the tournament, and we are giving out a pick here as well. We are not taking Portugal to favorite. We are instead going to take Uruguay plus 185. So let's actually start off by taking by a talking about the favorites, Portugal. Uh, Portugal, I think, has a lot of distractions here. Okay, The manager has been talking about a whole bunch of uh, stuff off the pitch leading up to this tournament, not sure where his head's at. Obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo talking nonstop about Man United and what a bad job and how little respect he has for Eric Ten Hag. It's just like it seems to be too... Much nonsense. And I mentioned the manager, Fernando Santos. I mean, he seems to be just irritating players with every passing tournament. So there's a lot here, in my opinion, to fade with Portugal. And I do believe the attacking has been held back from the system that Santos runs. It doesn't fit perfectly with their players. Way too defensive. And, you know, I just I have question marks about Portugal. Now, we all know they're loaded. OK, I'm not saying they're not good or they shouldn't be the, the favorite, but maybe they should be a favorite around minus one twenty, not minus one forty five or minus one fifty uh, for Portugal. You know, Ruben Diaz has been playing really well this year. Ja uh, Paulina is the Premier League leader in tackle. So they do have a good defense. But again, I have my questions about overall, how is this roster looking? heading into the tournament. Uh, Uruguay is my pick to win this uh, uh, group at plus 185. And Uruguay is good. I mean, they do have a couple injuries heading into the tournament. But you look at Tottenham's midfielder, Rodrigo Betancourt, uh, Real Madrid midfielder, uh, Federico Valverde. These are two elite, elite midfielders who complement each other so well. You talk about midfield needing to be shored up for the World Cup. There's no doubt in my mind Uruguay will have one of the better uh, uh, midfields. In the entire tournament, so again, Betancourt Valverde stack up to be very, very good midfield, and I think that Luis Suarez, who's had three goals his last six international games, he should step up this this tournament. It's either going to be him up top or Darwin Nunez scoring goals. I, I wonder though, like how is Darwin Nunez going to do on an international level? Okay, he's only scored three times his last thirteen international games. And he hasn't even been able to really find a consistent starting role this year with Liverpool. So how is Nunez going to perform? Will they be able to, to to score? I'm not so sure, because Uruguay plays a very specific style. They want to hold the ball, keep possession, player to player. They want to dribble, not pass. So... Uh, I think they win the group, plus 185, and I just think it's a good price right now. Anything lower, like plus 140, I'm not nearly as eager. So uh, plus 185 will take Uruguay to win group H. Before I stop uh, today's uh, preview and talk about uh, anything else, Uh, I also want to mention Group H. Really, really interesting for uh, South Korea. South Korea currently 11-1 to win the group. And while I don't think they have a chance to win it, they play the most single interesting style in the entire World Cup. They play relentlessly attacking. I mean, South Korea will bring midfielders, defenders up through the attacking seams, really trying to confuse their opponents. So that's going to be just something interesting to watch, how South Korea plays and if they can get some goals. But most importantly... Are they vulnerable in the counterattack? I think the answer is probably going to be yes. Sung Young Min, uh, Tottenham's attacker, is back. He had surgery on his eye. He had an orbital fracture. So he will play and start for South Korea, the tournament. And they just play that really interesting style. I wanted to put that out there. So my two picks for the tournament, we're going to go Uruguay to win Group H at plus 185 and Croatia to win Group F at plus 200. And that's my breakdown. Group by group, team by team. Don't worry. Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have plenty of picks, plenty of breakdowns coming up, uh, you know, on a day-by-day, game-by-game basis for the World Cup. So plenty of picks coming up, but those are my two favorites before the tournament gets going. So hopefully that was a productive, informative preview. We'll have plenty coming up on the World Cup in these subsequent days on the show. So whatever you have going on today or tonight, good luck. Hope you catch some winners. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily.